Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. I always put the videos for the fights that we talk about up on the blog and ones from 273 are already up. Start talking about the Schwan. You ready to go? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, start with uh, the first one that was on the main card uh, at Strawweight. It was Mackenzie Dern beating uh, Tisha Perez by split decision. And I guess um, uh, round one is the, the uh, controversial round here because round two, um, Mackenzie obviously won the round in round two. I think she got tired in round, after round two. I put a Kimura on uh, Tisha for about five minutes, so uh, Tisha won round three. But uh, round one, the way I scored it, uh, I gave it to McKenzie just because I thought she scored the harder uh, the harder blows. And, and uh, I think what happened here, Shawn, is again we got a case here where people are paying attention to the stats and they're not actually watching the fight. Okay, yeah, so that, that's the way I feel. Yeah, it, it's similar to what they do in, in, in other sports. Like you see a game of basketball, you see somebody had 24 points, but they weren't an impactful 24 points. And it's the same thing with McKenzie versus Tisha. Early on, Tisha was, dip, she, she had her very well scouted. She was ducking under her shots, landing a shot, exiting on angles, very clean, and hit her consistently. But at no point did anything Tisha landed back McKenzie up. Every time McKenzie put a shot on Tisha, Tisha would take a step back. And as the round got further along, Tisha started focusing more on getting away from McKenzie's shots than countering them because she knew she couldn't she couldn't stay in the pocket and take what McKenzie was throwing. So then she started focusing on using the sidekick and just trying to stay away from engagements because McKenzie was starting to find her range. So when you go by damage and control, McKenzie was pressuring, Tisha was backing off, Tisha landed more shots, but Dern landed the harder and more, more impactful shots. Um, I think you're right. Torres has always been a point fighter kind of person. She moves around a lot. She throws a lot of volume. So I think what she was ultimately trying to do was come off to a fast start, make McKenzie really have to sell out, and then hopefully in the third round she can just overwhelm her with volume. But McKenzie still being such a durable and physical athlete, she was never able to completely overwhelm her. She clearly won the round, but she couldn't do enough to make up for the fact, make up for that first round. And that's ultimately what called the fight. So, um, but uh, Schwan, what's the deal here? People are, are not are people watching the fight, or what? Are they watching? Um, it's like it's like you said. Part of it is stats, and secondly, when early in the round, it looked like Tisha Torres was outboxing Mackenzie Dern because Mackenzie was missing badly, and Tisha kept kept countering her and getting away clean. But like I said, Tisha was never backing Mackenzie up. Mackenzie was backing Tisha up with her pressure, and she was backing up every time she hit her. Every time she hit Tisha, Tisha was not looking to exchange. Tisha was looking to get the hell out of there. When Tisha hit McKenzie, McKenzie was trying to fire back. It's subtext. People don't understand that when it happens in fights. That's why so many people say robberies, because they don't understand what they're seeing. I understand how people see Torres and say, oh, she's countering her so cleanly. She's being so technical. I get that. But you're not acknowledging the damage that every one shot that Dern hits is equal to the four or five Torres hit her with. And the, the, t- the tide of the fight is already starting to turn in the first round. It was very obvious. But once again, it's obvious to people who are real fans of the sport 
and real fans of what they're watching. That's you. You you don't get hung up on stats. And that's me because I, I, I help work with fighters. So I don't look at it the same way as other people. Well, I don't really pay attention to those stats. I don't care. So it doesn't, yeah. doesn't interest me. I don't think they're accurate anyway. So. Well, stats, stats, stats don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story. No, they don't. Anyways, two of the judges scored it for McKenzie. The third judge, which was a local Florida guy, he scored it went, went, went the other way. So for me, McKenzie won the fight 29-28. And Schwan, let me ask you a question here. Yeah. Um, one of the things that happened afterwards is that Tisha's attorney was suspended indefinitely. It's got to be her arm from that Kimura. Shouldn't she have tapped out? Um, yeah, I think, a lot, I think this is one aspect of fighting that it's hard to understand because I'm not a fighter, but I, something you tell fighters, um, I know you want to hang on and you might get the win, but sometimes even if you come back for a win, the damage that's done by that injury effectively ruins your career because you've taken so much damage from strikes or you damage yourself and now you can't fight. Even if you win or you lose, you can't fight for another six months to a year. So those paychecks are off the table. And she was trying to grit. This is exactly what I was thinking when when it was happening. I said, Jesus, what the hell is she doing to herself? Yeah, I'm thinking she's thinking, well, you know what? If I can survive, that helps me as a fighter, that builds my confidence and I can come back strong because she'll be burnt out after this round. But, you know, like if she if she really damaged that arm, then you could be out for six months to a year. That's no paycheck. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Exactly. And it didn't and do it, good anyway because she lost, right? Yeah. And, and it's like I understand the fighter mentality. you got to win it. But once again, fighters always go between we're warriors. But then they also say we're businessmen. Well, a business decision is to tap out on that arm. Because, like I said, once you get injured, there's no money coming in. I don't know that Tisha Torres has a big fan base or she's doing OnlyFans or she has businesses, but that means you can't compete for a while. And for a while, you can't keep a ranking and you can't make money. And if money's already an issue with fighters, not being avail- available to make it is an even bigger issue. Well, she has a degree in law enforcement, so she can go do that. Well, you can't be a cop. You can't be a cop with a dislocated elbow either. Well, that's true. Anyway, uh, McKenzie obviously is going to be uh, fighting uh, higher ranked fighters. I think I, I, you know. I think I think I think I don't just hold on. I think Tisha was probably ranked too high because her previous three fights, who did she beat other than Angela Hill? Nobody. So you know. Uh, She's gonna go. So the question is, how is McKenzie gonna hold up against the higher-ranked fighters in the strawweight division? Yeah, my problem with my and I know she's with Perillo, so I don't know why she doesn't do this. If she would just instead of just throwing headshots, big right hand, right? People get under it. If she followed up with a hook to the body, one of two things are gonna happen. Either a, she's gonna hit to the body, and she's a hard hitter, which means she's gonna cut into your gas tank. Or for people who'd like to duck really low, when she throws that left to the body, they're going to duck low and run right into that left hand, and she's going to clean them up. But she never throws body-head combinations, and I do not understand why. Listen, a lot of fighters do that. We all know that. I'm pretty sure Perillo... Perillo, big on that. Well, I'm sure he's already telling her that. You know. I figure he has to. Try 
Hello. Schwan. Yeah. Schwan. I, I was just saying, I was just saying, I don't know how she BJ Penn used to punch to the body, Michael Bisbing, um, even Kaylee Coran did cyborg. So I don't know how McKenzie Dern does not touch the body when she's throwing strikes. She's, she's just being stubborn, that's all. She'll she'll get the message. Well, I hope so. All right. Let's move on to the second fight. We had uh, Ra uh, Raquel Pennington, the Aspen lad by unanimous decision. Uh, now, Aspen's opponent was supposed to be Arena Aldana, but she got injured. Raquel was there anyway. Oh, well, you know what I forgot to mention? You know who was in uh, Detroit's quarter was uh, Jessica Aguilar. Hmm. And because uh, those two used to train together. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Jessica, I, I know she retired a couple years ago. I think she retired. Yeah, she did. She did. She did. And so she was in. She must be living in Colorado with them. You know. All right. Well, I think she'd be a good coach. She was always a very cerebral fighter, so I would think she'd be a good coach. If she was coaching her, that makes sense. Some of the decisions that Torres made in that fight now that makes a little bit more sense to me. Okay, so uh, Raquel Pennington was there anyway. So she stepped in, and again, it was a fight where well, where I felt Aspen Land has all this talent. What the hell is she doing with it? I've already people get irritated when I, I talk about Aspen Ladd, but the issue isn't Aspen Ladd can't fight. The issue is that Aspen Ladd does not fight all three rounds. You watch fights and she lets people outwork her and, and then she fights for maybe 45 seconds in a round. And then 45 seconds, she can do a great deal, but against more seasoned people or more talented people, she can't just turn a fight around. And that's what she's gotten by on. When people outfight her for Two and, two and three quarters of a round, and then in the last 15 seconds, she opens up and wins a fight. And that's great against lower-level people or low or less or experienced people, but against the better people in the division, you can't get away with that. You, you can't win the fight off of two or three moments because those people are good enough to navigate three big moments. They can navigate two of them, and then they can fight with you on evil even turns for that last moment. And that's what Rocco Pennington did. She was pressuring her. She was taking angles. She was circling on her. She was attacking high-low, body head, walking her into that right hand, tire up in clinches. Aspen Ladd was just basically doing cardio, really engaging except in spots. And when she engaged, she had some success. But she could never put anything together. And against someone like Pennington, with her footwork and her positioning, you can't just win on big offense. You have to set things up and you have to build on them. And Aspen Ladd never did that. And the worst part about this is she made her corner look like fools because I think they overcorrected. Before, like, her coach used to yell at her negative stuff and scream at her. And I think all that excess attention from people made him start going super positive. Oh, you're going to crush her. Oh, you're breaking her. Because he already got taken to task from everybody from Misha Tate to regular fans about how he's abusing her. So now he's yeah, trying to be positive. It looks like an idiot. He wasn't abusing her. He's telling her what she needed to hear. And yeah, but now he's course corrected. And now he's being extra positive. You're breaking her. To break someone, you have to throw volume. You have to pressure. She wasn't pressuring. She was stalking. She was following her, running into shots, sticking out her hand, missing from two feet away, and getting countered. Yeah. There were times she exchanged, and when she did, she did good. But she didn't do that enough to, to beat a veteran like Pennington. Well, and I told people Pennington was going to outclass her and outwork her. Well, she better get her shit together. 
because that didn't look good. It it looked terrible. That's the second fight in a row where she just stood around and had four, maybe three moments of action in 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 like eight rounds of fighting. It's terrible. Okay, what was the third fight again? I forgot. It was Kay Hansen. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And who was her opponent? Uh, was it? Let me see. Here. P.S. Wait. Yeah. Oh, Piero uh, Rodriguez. Piero Rodriguez beat Kay Hansen by unanimous decision. And at first, Kay was doing okay. And I think what happened here, Schwan, Piero, uh, and she was in Dana White's Contender Series, right? And yeah. she's from Venezuela. She lives in Panama. But what she does is she travels around to different gyms. And um, she seemed to have the UFC jitters at first. So Kay, I think, actually won the first round, I think, uh, marginally. But Piera seemed to snap out of it the other two rounds. And she did okay. And she won the fight 29-28, I thought. And also, uh, came out yesterday that uh, at the end of her contract, she has not been renewed, so she's no longer in the UFC. I would expect her to return to Invicta. If I were to her, that's not going to help. So, uh, sorry? I don't, I don't think going to Invicta helps. I think I'd rather go to another organization and see if I could I could uh, take some time off, work on my craft, and then face real opposition. Because Invicta gives you a bunch of soft touches that build your record, but it doesn't help you get better. I'd like to see her go to another chip, baby, because that may be part of the problem. Yeah, I think the issue is early on, her coaching staff, this is a problem with women's mixed martial arts and men's mixed martial arts, but bigger part with women. And if you pay attention to other sports, then you understand how this works. But I'll make this analogy. If you have a kid, and I'm just using my experience, I do basketball. There are certain kids I see play a certain kind of way, and I know that against better opposition – they won't be able to do any of the stuff they're doing right now. But I know that because I have experience in what a good athlete is, what a great athlete is, and whatever. Some people don't. So parents will lie. Coaches will lie to a kid and be like, oh, you can do this. You can't do that against better athletes. When Kay Hansen first started, somebody made her think that she was some kind of athletic phenomenon with, ex- with, a- with excessive explosiveness and power and quickness. She's a good athlete, but she's not a great athlete. And on the regional circuit, she's just walking through girls. She's having her way. She's dictating terms. She gets to the UFC level, and she can't just run over girls. She can't just walk through girls. And now she doesn't have she since she was since she was trained to bully and walk through girls. When she can't, she doesn't have a plan B or a plan C. She doesn't have a width of skill or a depth of skill to take advantage of people. If she can't just bully them, that's why you see her with really strong first rounds. And then as the fights go on, the fights get closer because she runs out of ideas. If you never had to develop a jab, entering and exiting, then you can't just pick that up in six weeks or a couple months. That takes years of development. She never had to pay attention to defense. She could just run girls over. But now she needs a defense because she can't run them over. So she doesn't have the – she wasn't trained at a disadvantage. She was trained with an advantage. And when that advantage no longer exists, she is no longer effective. Watch her fights. Always real tough in that first first round and a half and slowly – even if she wins, they get closer and closer as the fight goes along because she's never nearly as dominant. With with her opponent here, Piera, I would just like to see her get some better opposition. Do you have any thoughts on her? Uh, she looked tough. She she mentally she I don't know if it was a corner, if it's just her, but she got her poise back very quickly once she realized that Kay Hansen well, like, didn't have. 
Well, like I said, I think she had a little case of the UFC jitters. Well, yeah, she had she had it, but some people have it and it it tears them up for their entire fight. She had it early, but she still was seeing what happened. She realized Kay Hansen didn't have anything except for aggression and physicality. And once she realized that, she slowed the fight down and she made it more technical. And Kay didn't have any answer. When Kay can't just get to her spots, or you don't just give her easy shots or, or dictate, let her dictate. She doesn't know how to find range. That's why she was missing from two feet away because she doesn't know how to work her way into range. She doesn't know how to work her way out. She doesn't know how to set things up. She doesn't know how to build on anything. If she knew how to do any of those things, she doesn't lose any of her two last fights, but she doesn't know how to do them. She needs time to work on the finer points of her crap. She is not a good enough athlete just to run through people. And I don't know who lied and told her she was. All right. Anyway, all three of those fights are up on my blog. Uh, videos so you can check those out there so let's talk about this saturday show so first we have on the um, main card we have at bantamweight mayra buena silva versus uh when and you okay and i don't know why this is on the main card not it should be on the page, right so yeah first of all it's a it's a bantamweight and mayra buena silva is a flyweight. So she's a little small for this. And she's from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. She, uh, she uh, owns her own gym with her girlfriend, Gloria Paula. Okay? Yeah. Um, uh, Yanan Wu, when she's in, uh, Yanan Wenan Yu, when she's in uh, America, she's from China. In America, she trains at uh, Jackson Wink. Um, she's been terrible at the UFC, but she has a big size advantage. In yeah, I think I think they're trying to get her on the winning streak, and they figure uh, Silva's not a bad fighter, but even in her own weight class, she's not really physically dominant. So they're thinking if they give Wu her, she can it'll get into more of a, a kickboxing striking battle, and she can use her volume and her size and physicality to wear her down because. Silva isn't good in heavy exchanges, and Silva's not a big puncher, and she's not a super physical fighter. The people Wu has lost to have been people with physicality. Jocelyn Edwards, great athlete physicality. Gina Mazzani, not great athlete, but very big and strong. Um, Mizuki Ano isn't, isn't a great physical fighter, but she's a much cleaner, technical, and defensively aware striker. She's, um, also, she's, she's also a natural strong yeah, and so there's a, there's a big athleticism advantage. Um, but Silva's not a great athlete. Silva's not a big striker, and she's not a dominant grappler wrestler. So I think they're thinking that maybe Wu's physicality and her volume and her size. You got you got back with you. Sorry, Juan you. Here's my deal on her. I don't think she should be in the UFC. How about that? Well, you're right, but they're trying to build interest, and that's somebody who can get the, into a foreign land if they can get her some wins. So they're trying to get her some wins. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. I mean, okay, so it, it, we know how it works. You want If somebody has the chance to open up a market to you, you try to explore every avenue. If Kay Hampton... Kay Hansen would open up another country to them, possibly. If Kay Hansen had Molly McCann's support outside of the country, Kay Hansen would still have a job. I uh, guess. Okay, so we got two other fights on this. I'm trying to remember who's in them. Uh, the other one is Lena Landsberg versus. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we got Lena Landsberg versus 
Penny Kianza, that's at uh, Bantamweight. Uh, Lena is from Sweden. Malmo, Sweden. She trains with former UFC fighter Akira Karasani. She's basically a kickboxer. We haven't seen her since 2020 because she had a baby, Schwant. Oh. Okay, so uh, she's been with the UFC since 2016. She's basically a one-note fighter. Okay, Panny is from uh, Denmark. Well, they always say she was born in Iran, but she lives in Denmark. Trains in Sweden. Okay, she's a pretty good fighter, but she's at a certain level. Essentially, what happens with her is she always beats fighters that we know she can beat, and fighters that are higher up on the, 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 the food chain, she ain't going to beat them. So in this particular case, I see Panny winning this fight. Because I just yeah, think she's a better fighter than, than Lena. She's never beat a fighter she's not supposed to beat. She's always beating fighters who... Yeah, there are, yeah, fans have to understand there are certain fighters like that. Okay? A prototypical example of a fighter who only beats fighters she's supposed to beat is Emmy Fujino never beaten anybody that she she can't she's she's worse than always beat fight better than and Panny's the same way. Angela Hill's probably in that group. Uh, she's worse. Lauren Murphy, <laughs> but it, yeah. it's like when you said it's like you said against Panny. She has his wins like a win over Alexis Davis, Sajara Eubanks, Betch Kohea, Jessica Rose yeah. Clark. It's a four or five winning streak, but it's the most unimpressive four or five winning streak you'll ever see. And, and um, this is the same thing. I think she wins the fight, but I don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah, she's got bigger. She's got more skills than than Lena. She's probably a better grappler, uh, even though she's not a great grappler. She's probably a better wrestler, even though she's not a great wrestler. Obviously, Landsberg's is going to be the better striker, but she's often she's in she's probably in better shape and she's younger, so she has certain physical advantages. And that's when she wins fights when she's got her size advantage, her cardio advantage. Her strength advantage, that's where she normally wins. When she faces fighters who can deny her spots or who can punish her for her volume and her, her her attacking, then that's when she has a hard time. When she fought Pennington, Pennington was able to use footwork, combination yeah. punching, and punches to wear her down. When she faced Chieson, Chieson was a better grappler, but Chieson was also big for the weight class, was able to match her and bully her. And against Julia Avia, Avia is a big, explosive, powerful fighter who was able to bully her and keep her from using her size and her strength into the fight. Landsberg is not going to, Landsberg is not going to be sharp. Landsberg um, is going to be a better striker, but the other two phases of the fight, she'll have an advantage over Landsberg and Landsberg is like a clinch fighter. She fights in a phone booth. She's not on her toes moving. So she's not hard to get to for takedowns. So stylistically this works for Panny and she's still big enough and strong enough that she should be able to take the punishment long enough to get the fight to the ground. Well, she's uh, Panny is closer in size to a featherweight than a, than a bantamweight. Yes, that's how you can tell she's not terribly skilled. And I, this is no insult to her. When you have that much of a size and strength advantage, and you still struggle with people who aren't even great fighters, if she was, if she was at least decently skilled or above average skilled, she walks through everybody because she she gets to the spot she wants, but what happens is she runs out of ideas. She starts getting tired. When she gets tired, they expose her or early. You see the holes in her game, but she's so much bigger and stronger. She just wears them down. It's not everything she does technically. She just takes advantage of her size and strength. She runs out of talent. Yeah. And she doesn't have a ton of it. She just has size, grit, and she's, she's tough. 
Okay, there's a third fight here. What's the third fight again? Uh, actually, I don't even know who the third fight is. I, I, I forgot there was a third fight. Um, there is. Oh, yeah, it's Estella Nunez and Sam Hughes. That's right. Sam Hughes versus Estella Nunez. And, uh, Sam yeah. Hughes, this is at Strawweight. Yeah, this is, is at Strawweight. Sam Hughes is from uh, Washington State. She came in on short notice and lost to uh, Tisha Torres, and she's 0-3. She used to be in the LFA. This is going to be her last fight in the UFC. She's awful. Okay, Stella Nunez is uh, a PRVT fighter from Brazil, so she's teammate with um, Jessica Andrade. She lost her first fight to... Uh, um, uh, what the hell is her name? Another Brazilian fighter. And his point is, if Sam loses this fight, she's out of the UFC. They can't possibly renew her contract. That's the way I feel. And I think she will lose. She's just not very good. I, when Sam Hughes first came on the scene, I, I told that she likes to get by on, on grittiness and physicality, which are advantages she had on the regional level. At this level, she's not physical, durable, or strong enough to force her way into spots, and she doesn't have the technical skills to create openings for those spots. And I gave her a list of things to work on. She has not worked on any of these things because I haven't seen one of them in a fight. Uh, Nunez is explosive. Nunez is hits hard. Nunez is fast. They're trying to build Nunez, and this is the kind of fight where New they're hoping Nunez gets a spectacular stoppage win over Hughes, and well, she should. She, bas she basically fights the PRVT style. Yes. She she does she's not as gifted as um is Andrade, but she's definitely much more athletic than than Hughes. Uh, they're just trying to get her. They're trying to get more viable fighters in there, and having a dominant or impressive win, even though it's an over an opponent who's not great, will help push that narrative. Um, if if Hughes wins this, it's a huge upset, and it's an indictment on Nunes's camp and herself as a fighter. But I don't see many ways for for Hughes to win unless something goes terribly wrong for Estella. Me neither. Anyways, those fights will be up on my blog on Sunday morning. Now, a couple other things. There's a Ryzen show this uh, weekend. All right. And on this show, um, Ayaka Hamasaki will defend the uh, uh, Ryzen Atomweight Championship. Sise uh, uh, Aizawa. And Aizawa beat Ayaka in a non title match back in December. So, uh, Schwan, I watched that fight and I felt it was a bit of a fluke win. So I see Ayaka being a little more careful with it. And she'll be able to pull out the win, I suspect. Yeah, I think maybe she didn't take her opponent as seriously as she thought. And she gave her that she wouldn't normally get, she wouldn't have had. So I think I expect her to be more deliberate in her aggression and to try to take away some of the early offense and assert her physicality and her power and hopefully cruise to an easy win. Um, I would hope that she'd do that. Or maybe maybe, maybe we're just seeing the years add up and now she's fallen off a cliff and, and she really is in decline now. I'm not sure which one it is. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. That fight will no doubt be up on the uh, Ryzen website right after the show, probably a day or so. So uh, when I get hold of it, talk about it next week. Now, there's a second women's fight on that show as well, and that is uh, Kana Asakura against uh, Sarami. If you're not familiar with Sarami, she's a veteran fighter, but she's not all that great. So, uh, I would expect Kana to win. 
she's really a one-note fighter. She can uh, work on the ground, but her striking is just awful. And I just don't see her beating Ayaka even if she wins this fight. Yeah, the worst part, of the, the thing that makes martial arts or boxing is the journeymen, people who had a lot of fights, they're not very good as far as winning, but they're good as far as testing people because a- after a certain amount of experience, you just learn how to survive. Um, the, hard, the bad part is sometimes they get in fights they shouldn't be involved in, and ultimately it could it hurts the legitimacy of a organization because everybody knows this isn't a real fight and everybody knows this isn't a real challenge. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Or is that about it? That's about it, sir. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp 316spotcom The fights from last week are up on my blog and I will be posting this weekend's fights on Sunday morning. If you have any questions or comments for, uh, my blog or my podcast. You can leave a maker's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.